Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the work with me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. My guest today is all the way from the UK. It's Jex Stone, interior designer and founder of Persona Abode. Now, Jex creates home environments beneficial to health and well-being. Her background in, wait for it, recycling management and historic building conservation were the foundations of marrying interiors with environmental impact. After wrestling with uh, balancing, I was going to say battling, balancing her morals with the perceived frivolity of the interior design industry, Jex became one of the first UK designers to be vegandesign.org certified. Through Persona Abode, her vegan lifestyle and interest in mental health, she advocates for healthy living environments, being mindful of designing for people, place and planet. Welcome to the show, Jex. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you because you've got quite an interesting uh, career background. So just tell us briefly, just give us a little bit of a helicopter ride. How and why did you move from recycling management um, and historic building conservation to interior design? Okay. Um, I should tell you that everything about my life is... um, totally unplanned but it all seems to come together like a jigsaw puzzle so um i've always been the the um the child who is called the hippie it was it was no surprise that i went into recycling um i used you know i was the the tie-dye girl the long skirts the big boots kind of person growing up i was if i wasn't reading a book i was hugging a tree climbing a tree thinking about nature and um (laughs) So I was 18, I had I had my daughter um, when, when I was 18 and I was kind of floating around. I was, I was thinking I was going to be a paediatrician, then I had the, had my daughter, I was like, that's not for me. Then I was going to go into PR and I realised I don't actually like communicating. <laughs> 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 so yeah, um, after that I was kind of like, what can I possibly do? I wanted, to, I always like to be creative, I've like always written and I've always done art and stuff and I kind of got into holistic medicine so I studied um, colour theory and orasama and nutrition and that was fun for a time but then it kind of led me to holistic interior design 
and I really wanted to do this course but as I said I had a little baby and I couldn't I couldn't afford to do it so I kind of kept this leaflet and I still have it today which is like 22 years later um and I was like, yeah, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do it eventually. Um, when I had my second daughter, I, I did a short course in interior decoration, doing all the rag rolling and, and sensing and stuff like that. And I couldn't understand the teacher, so I had to leave. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but there was still this passion that I wanted to do interior design. But because um, I couldn't afford the course at the time, I did accountancy as you do wow okay (laughs) in doing accountancy I found a job for a recycling company and it was um I was doing the accounts but because it was a really small niche um business called Bromcam um you kind of got stuck in everything so we've done a lot of recycling management for commercial businesses as well as residential it was like teaching them how to do um recycling in the different capacities and I, you know, I was telling you in my element, I've been a keen recycler, annoying my family <laughs> since I was dating off. And um, it was just, it was just a great experience. But um, because it was a charity, they lost funding, and I kind of was like, um, no, I can't work for free. So <laughs> I jumped ship and then landed in London. And um, I spent a year not doing anything but looking after the kids. But then I needed another job. And it was my accountancy qualifications that enabled me to do work um, in listed building conservation because they primarily wanted someone to do the finances. But again, it was um, it's a big company because it was Church of England, but it was very niche. Um, so it was just my boss doing all the work. And he was looking after a thousand churches. Oh, they needed someone to help him. So it was just like, well, hey, we'll put you on a course. Um, and so I started to learn architecture and conservation and kind of, so the, the finance kind of stayed there but then I started working more on projects um, to, to do with the, the construction so anyway yeah. um, I, a lot of the time the meetings are outside which I hate heights and there was on top of scaffolding so imagine climbing cathedrals and wow. not look down <laughs> I was in England as well so this is it was like this life is not for me in the meantime my husband he's always been an entrepreneur and he said why are you not studying interior design like you've always wanted to do it why don't you go and do it so I was like okay so um I did <laughs> I studied because of my husband he, he was happy to fund it and stuff and um yeah that's how I wow. got Wow. Oh, I love that. I haven't heard that, your backstory before. I think that's really interesting. So there's a couple of things that I think one is it's never too late. I think sometimes, you know, people, not necessarily even young people, I think people at any age, sometimes you just want to kind of do things really quickly, but sometimes things happen and you acquire skills, which and I'm assuming things like accountancy are really good to have in business, knowing your numbers. Um, and it's interesting that a, a creative person can do both, which quite often sometimes you, it's sort of either or. Um, and that sometimes things work out like you had that experience, even with historic buildings, uh, you know, I'm sure must have helped as well with, you know, just, you know, doing what you're doing now with interior design. So I love that, that you, you knew you were going to do it. And even though, okay, right now you couldn't afford to, you didn't discard your dream, you know, you, you kind of, did did other things and those have helped as well in yeah you being able to eventually come around to doing what you'd always 
wanted to do. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jack. So, so when you first started, so you've done your design course, your interior design course, you're ready to go out there into the world, become an interior designer. What were some of your challenges like when you first started up for your own business? Or did you first, did you initially start up your own business or did you go and work for interior design firms before? Um, how did that pan out? And, and when you did eventually start Persona Abode, what were some of your initial challenges? Uh, the theme of today is surprise, surprise. It wasn't. It wasn't planned to go into business. <laughs> studying, um, and I found my first, well, they, my client the first client actually found me, and I was like, okay, well, now I kind of need a website, and I kind of got all the background stuff like that. Still, while doing the last um, bit of my course, um, but I, I kind of, I did want to work for somebody else, but the reality is when you've got Two children um, taking a pay cut to go and do an internship isn't really that much of an option, and I was just like, mm, "No, I don't want to do that." And um, so it was—it happened at the right time. I just—I just felt that I'd, I'd accumulated a lot of experience anyway because I, for any work I've ever done, I've kind of always looked at their company structure and kind of taken business lessons off it. So it, it was everything I'd done previously, and I'd also worked in a market store and run my own business like when I was 18 as well. So it wasn't that I wasn't, I was I had the confidence to say I can I can set this up. And I have an American husband. And if you know anything about Americans, they just get way up and do things. So <laughs> I had the encouragement anyway. Um, so it was never really um, like a big challenge to say, I'm going to set up a business. I'd stud- I had actually studied um, business before as well. You know, I've studied many, many things. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I, I just love studying. And, and um, so I've always taken all those kind of things on. And I thought, well, I didn't like how I saw interior design anyway. So to work for someone would want to be a compromise. Um, so why not just make it up and do it for yourself? And then I can make all the rules. And why not? <laughs> Nice. So you said, Jex, you said your first customer found you. How did they find you? Um, <laughs> um, social media somehow, by some kind of miracle. Um, there's like, oh, my gosh, you're doing your design. And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, I need my bathrooms done. I was like, okay. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, why not say yes? It was For me, it was just like, okay, I've been studying this for so long anyway. Um I was doing a three-year course. It took seven years. So I had plenty, plenty of experience of doing right. it. And I, uh, right. thought, yeah, why not? Someone needs a hands. They're willing to pay me. Seems like a good match. Why not? Wow. And that wasn't someone you knew? That was just some person on? So, yeah, it was someone I knew. So I've got oh, it was someone you okay. family. And it was my aunt. But I hadn't actually told anyone that I was studying interior design, let alone um, announce it to any of my family. So it was just by miracle she found something that I'd, I think I'd written a post or something. And yeah, it just went from there. Wow. <laughs> I did freelance for a little bit um, because I thought okay. um, once I had that customer and stuff, I felt that I kind of needed to backtrack a little bit and just get a bit of experience, but not. Um, in a way to work fully with somebody so I think freelance kind of allowed me that freedom to get experience oh, okay you can do that in the interior design industry then so interior design firms they've already maybe got some of their teams if they've got a big project on and their teams are busy they would bring in a freelance interior designer 
exactly and that ah. kind of allowed me to see how other people run interior design businesses um but then I didn't have to commit <laughs> so much because I'm not that commit that I'm not that big on commitment in that way um so yeah it was a kind of good a best of both worlds but that kind of fizzled off but then I was just like it, it was uh, just before the pandemic and um, I was going to leave my my job at the Church of England and stuff like that. Um, I didn't quite factor, even though I'm in finance, I didn't quite factor um, that my daughter um, um, was turning 18 at the time <laughs> and my mom was turning 16 the same month I was going to leave. And I think these are quite big birthdays. It's quite a big expense. <laughs> so it wasn't <laughs> going to work. And that worked in my favour, though, because shortly after that, um, COVID hit. So... <laughs> well so let me backtrack so so basically you were still working um was it part-time at, at the or full-time at the yeah, full-time full wow so you still had your full-time job so up until the pandemic hit you still had your full-time job at uh doing the historic buildings conservation and you were freelancing um through persona abode for other design firms right well and then the pandemic so then covid hit so how how what happened like how has covid impacted your business because <laughs> right so i still work full time um but i was i'd be doing it from home um which has been great because i had a four hour commute I, i'm sure you know a long time oh, well i've got yeah <laughs> spend most of the time traveling and trying to you know avoid other people eye contact so um those four hours I, I got back I was able to then put that into my business so first it was like planning and and taking everything I learned from freelancing and putting that down into my own systems um and then I was just like okay I kind of need some clients so I kind of just kind of had to come out my shell and um use social media a, a bit like you know use that to my advantage and um, I, by accident, surprise, surprise, I started um, teaching other designers how to um, create 3D renderings. Or just because I've always done renderings, I said I've always been creative. And then someone picked up on that and was like, well, can you teach me how to do it? Can you put together a course? I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and oh, nice. then that kind of started. But then because I, I started showing all these 3D renderings that I was doing, um then other clients wanted oh can you actually create this vision for my home so that's how I just it just happened very very naturally and then it was kind of a bit of a oh my god I've got a client like uh, and uh, knowing that it's like totally my full responsibility plus I have business bills to pay for so I had to take it really seriously um but then it kind of it was it was motivational at the same time because it's like someone's paying me to do this I get to do it not not just for fun so but then it was like there's a real element of serious there's like a lot of pressure but I think because of my husband how he is and he's just always been encouraging me it, it's 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 felt more like a fuel and that it's kind of like once you've got that motivation to do it once you feel you can do it again because you get a bit of an adrenaline rush yeah yeah, it's just it started to come, and I was like, "Wow, this is a role. This is really kind of cool." <laughs> wow, so that's interesting. So it it seems like your, if I'm hearing you right, your interior design career, kind of full time almost, like you know, where you had that more time to put into it, really kind of took off at the height of the pandemic. And that's interesting because I would have thought the interior design industry would have 
like closed down to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Particularly because I know in the UK you were in lockdown for, for so long. So how did that work? Was, did that just not impact you or you just found the right clients that were still wanting you to go and it, do things with their home? Well, it's partly because I think, you know, the whole, you know, London life in general is you spend most of the time at work. So everyone was concentrating on workplace design and, and, and wellness for work because, you're, you know, you're spending so much time. And you went home, and even if you were spending time at home, you were asleep for half of it anyway. <laughs> so, you know, you might catch your family on the weekends or whatever. But then all of a sudden, during the pandemic, it was just like, oh, this whole big workplace, it was the, not the place you were going. You know, you might queue up and go to the supermarket, but most of the time you was in home. and then. Because you wasn't asleep for all of that time, you realise actually this this place isn't very nice. <laughs> you know, your, your your kids have personality, and I really discovered so much about my daughters during the time as well. But you also discovered that that paint on the wall is really awful, <laughs> and I want to change this. And it's like you're spending more time on the couch, and you realise it's not that comfortable. So people kind of had an awakening that. Um, that the home was so much more because it was literally out everything. It was your school, your gym, your restaurant, your, your cinema, every, you know, everything. And then um, it was like, but didn't actually figure out how to do it themselves. So it was like, here comes me. It's like, yeah, this is what I love to do. And now why not? And, and there was this, um, I think because stamp duty came in as well, there was a, a change in stamp duty. Everyone was rushing to buy homes as well. So mm. everything just happens at a really good time. Wow, is that interesting? So were you, Jex, I'm assuming you can do all of this like from online, can you? Like you don't have to physically go and be at someone's house to do the interior design or do you? So how much of your work was kind of, I don't know, go like doing Zoom or something and seeing the space or just getting them to send you the specs as opposed to physically going there and looking around? Well, I like to be in person. Um, I like I like to have a feel of spaces, um, especially because how how much of a deep dive I like to go into. I like to um, see people's mannerisms and, and stuff. And, it, and it, there is a way of doing that online, and it's nice. But um, often it's only you know half of you. You can't see if someone's tapping their foot and stuff like that. And I think all those kind of interactions and and stuff kind of matters into your design because it's so personal. Um, so while I started off, um, while we had the restrictions, being, you know, doing everything on Zoom and stuff like that, I did my best. As soon as everything was lifted, I went and saw people. It was like, couldn't shake their hand, but a virtual high five and stuff like that. that yeah. Was, yeah. It was nice to do. And then, you know, just to see um, how our relationship kind of strengthened by seeing each other face to face was really nice. And I felt, I didn't want to just be behind the screen as much as I'm an introvert. You know, I could live, literally live my whole life behind the screen. <laughs> the need to like, you know, be a part more in person and be part of that process for my clients. God, yeah. And are you still working for the Church, the church of England, or are you now full time in your business? Hat? Where are you at at the moment? No, I'm still working there. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I do most of it time at home. Um, well, I've, you know, my, my, my daughter's at the end of uni, that kind of cost money. <laughs> so and I, I wanted to be able to build my business and, you know, have like proper legs to it. So um, 
you know, I know that before the, the pandemic, one of the hindrances was my time yeah. um, and the finances. If I had taken away my full-time job, I would then only be able to, um, like, continue to plug away, trying to get business and work on projects, but not have so much backing. So I know financially what strengths having a full-time job is at the moment. And then I was, you know, I was able to even employ my daughter um, to do all my admin work, which is fantastic oh. to do it. And then it got, gave her experience as well. But that was because I had the finance to do, you know, so it, works, it works in my favour at the moment. But the plan overall is not to be, you know, stressing myself doing two jobs. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I think that's really good that you've shared that because I think sometimes when people are thinking, oh, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to start a vegan business, they think they've got to just kind of jump feet first. And and sometimes that could work. Sometimes people do that. I know sometimes there's a saying, you know, you jump over the cliff and you'll find your wings kind of thing. But I think there's also, you know, a lot to be said for this method, which I know a lot of people do, is that they yeah, start their business on the side. Um, maybe they transition to part-time while they build it and then they leave. And I've even known, I know uh, someone I a couple of people actually I interviewed for my book, Vegan Ventures, have said, you know, they went full time in their business. And then due to certain circumstances, they had to go back part time um, to their job or in, in that field. And then they were able to go full time again. And I think they've stayed full time. So I think it's helpful for people to know that it's not necessarily that straight path and that sometimes it's a smart thing to do. And like you said, you were able to fund your business from your full-time job and employ your daughter I love that that's, that's it, awesome one thing what's always missing about that talking about jumping off is like you can't tell that if you um to your mortgage provider or you know uh, oh yeah I've j- jumped off a cliff when I can't pay my rent <laughs> no one cares yeah <laughs> It's very, it's very true. It's very true. And as I say, unless you've got, you know, funding or investment, what have you, that, that's a whole different ball game. But I, I love that you've, you've shared this, that you're, you know, sometimes you have got to, you know, have a period where, you know, you are kind of, you know, full time, you know, or part time, whatever, in a, a full time, in a, a regular, you know, job, a, a paid job. And you can build your business on the side until you're ready to go full time in it. So definitely appreciate you sharing that. So who are your main kind of clients, Jex, in terms of demographics? Because I know, obviously, you know, you're a vegan interior designer. You also got a very big focus on environmental aspects of interior design and also the health and well-being. So who would you say at the moment, who are your kind of main kind of clientele? So they're young couples or single women, um, but they have generally bought their first home you know it's you know what it's like in, in in London especially rent is like you know most a lot of people rent is you know the situation that a lot of people are in and if they do get on the ladder um they're kind of um it's their first time they've never really experienced the freedom of furnishing their own home and not having to ask someone for permission you know change the paint colors and stuff like that so that's the kind of clientele I, I deal with they they start off with absolutely nothing you know they've they've lived in rented accommodation um or at home with their with their family they don't own any furniture so we always have that joke that we're going to start from the cushion off and every time we meet we're going to upgrade your seating until you've actually got a whole sofa so um like meeting online at first they're often standing up because there's nothing there's literally nothing in this empty space eventually they'll get down and sit on the floor on a cushion then we'll get a they'll get a bed and then eventually we'll get the sofa and and before you know it the home home is totally full so I kind of start um building a whole story 
about how they want to live and it's um kind of dispelling everything about how they lived with parents because we you know when you grow up when you live around your parents it's their taste they might involve you a little bit or what your room is like and that you know that's posted and stuff like that as a teenager but then um your whole personality can kind of explode into your own place when you know when you don't have the restrictions of parents but then you're like oh I, I, all I know is what my parents did and they, you don't really understand your own style and, you know, what your your budget can actually really afford. Because, you know, if you've never bought furniture before, well, I don't know how much a bed costs. I don't know, how, you know, how much a rug is. Like, you know, there's loads of stuff and there's so much choice out there. But how do you actually nail that down into everything you believe in and what your money um, can actually afford? So I do all that yeah. for me. I take on um, to teach them, you know, what you're actually comfortable with, what things actually cost, and and do it in a sustainable way about um, building a life over a, a long period of time. So I'm not really looking at the smaller details in terms of like accessories. We're talking about the big items, what are really going to make that impact in your home, like the importance of not going for a cheap bed and a cheap mattress. Um, oh yeah, spend a lot of time <laughs> in your bed. <laughs> And there's nothing worse than sleeping on a lumpy bed because it's Absolutely. Cheap. I agree with you. <laughs> I love it. So, Jex, what um, kind of marketing strategy? I know you've mentioned social media. So what kind of marketing strategies have been the most successful for you in attracting clients and what's working right now? Um, just being vocal. Um, um, I, I guess I'm quite opinionated. Um, which I, I've discovered about myself. Um, I it, It's not that I'm totally black and white in, in a lot of areas. I'm just quite strong in my opinions. Um, and I, I am happy to share them most of the time as well. And um, sharing about my my background, I, you know, if you think my career history is weird, then, you know, everything else in, in my um, my setup is just as, as, um, as, could be really fitted into a novel, to be honest. It's it's um, interesting to most people, but that kind of helps me connect with a lot of people because I can identify with different people's situations, and I think people are kind of drawn into me because of that. So it's not necessarily um, just because I do design; it's because of all the other things that are are at play as well. And you know, just sharing things about you know me being a mom, and you know, a lot of people talk about. The kids being young, and it's like my kids are like twenty and twenty-two. So I'm relating to older people who have got that money to buy their home and stuff like that. So I get people on that kind of vibe. And you know, I have an American husband. My, um, you know, my daughter is my young eldest daughter is a footballer, so I can connect with people over sport, even though I have no interest in it whatsoever. Um, <laughs> and you know, my different careers and stuff like that. It's just like everyone's like, there's always something of interest to somebody so that's literally just been my market strategy tell people about me and then so when you say you tell them about you so are you telling them on social are you telling them in person when you're meeting them is it that kind of thing so it's both that just general conversation um yeah. as well as maybe speaking at events obviously but also um social as well so but it, but I, I, it's also like that like that personal connection like people that you meet yeah um nice that's, that's kind of one thing i kind of learned about business you kind of got to be comfortable about talking about yourself because people buy from people um 
so once upon a time I did do a, um, a course um, on um, journalism and um, being in front of camera and stuff and it was really helpful because I was like I'm as I said I'm really I'm introvert at heart and I will be in that corner until someone calls me and say there's a fire you need to get out um, but in order to have a business, you kind of have to be the opposite. So I, I kind of get that and I've had to force myself. And it's it's nice as well. But it's also nice um, in a therapeutic way to reveal things about yourself. So one of the first lives um, that I did, I talked about my, my motherhood journey, which is, you know, just being very different and, and controversial. But a lot of people connected with me over that. And I saw how that kind of worked. So I kind of continue to repeat that over and over again, but turn it into a business kind of thing. So, you know, telling the story of Persona Abode, because um, a lot of people say when they when they turn up in the interiors world, it was because they grew up and it was like rearranging the bedroom and stuff like that. And although that was very much the case for me, it was the other things. It's like my mom took me to wallpaper um, shops when I was younger. And I sat there looking at these big books and planning. So I never thought that people would go to places like a, a regular DIY store to go and pick wallpaper. That was in my experience. It's like, oh, that's a bit shabby, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and and like my, my parents always taught me about the quality of materials and stuff like that. So I always talk about things like that. And it's just like, oh, what did your parents teach you? You know, overall, that, that was the kind of things what's made up the solar abode. Um, I love that. Um, is my I I had obviously succumbed to domestic violence as a child and um, as an adult as well, but it it kind of um, for me I've always I'm always someone to research and find meaning behind things, um, and I found that the meaning of home kind of really um, plays with your experiences and stuff. I was I was kind of really um, captured by the fact that how I lived in my home affected me because of domestic violence and um unfortunately my mom had experienced the same when I talked to her about it she'd also said that the way she had lived um, was affected by the experience she had and I thought okay this is a thing and I started kind of realizing how important home was and those are things um that I brought into persona mode because I know that home is really important and if you're homeless of your face and eviction, how much of you is compromised because of that? Yeah. And yeah. Um, turning that around for people who have never had the experience of home is really important to me because it is a point of um, developing your character and who you bring out into the world. It's not so much like the pretty things that everyone talks about. It's like, no, for me, it's such a deeper connection to our worlds that we're in. Wow. I love this. This is so oh, this is so amazing. I'm so glad you've shared all this. I love what you said about particularly injecting your your personal brand into everything. And I love that you said that you're an introvert and a lot of people are. And just because you're an introvert, it doesn't mean that you have to be all kind of, you know, what have you. You kind of do it in a way that's comfortable for you. But yeah, definitely being able to, certainly if you're going to be the face of your business, your business is about you. I think people just really connect with that. Because if you think about it, so many interior designers, you know, people can look them up on Google and go, oh yeah, their work looks okay. I'll just hire them. But you're right. I think people are when they can connect with you on that personal level, that deep level, um, I can imagine it has, yeah, that's what's going to 
help you to stand apart um so I, I love that I really appreciate you you sharing that because you're right people buy from people um rather than brands and I often say that to, particularly to vegan business owners because I see even some of them trying to hide behind their brand like you know you go onto a website for a vegan brand you've no idea who's behind it why they started it and it's like oh come on just get out there because something like this do you know what I mean it's like uh, I'm sure hopefully people listening to this will be like yep I want to hire Jex um, because they connect with you and some people won't as well and that's okay too um, so yeah. I love <laughs> I, I love, love that you I'm not, I'm not for everybody I get that and I like that because I, I you know I'm not into everybody either <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly now what about the use of the word vegan um because we've seen the whole debate particularly in the food space of vegan versus plant-based so tell us a little bit about your use your use of the word vegan in your marketing and branding so how prominent it is or otherwise um why it's important and how it's benefited you as a business it is and it isn't prominent it's a weird thing so if you look on my website you won't see all that much about it um, it's pretty much because um, that's how kind of I live my life. Unless you you ask me what am I eating, most people don't realise that I will be vegan. Um, so you know, I kind of I'm a walking advertisement though at the same time because I do just wear vegan products, and it, and that happened before I became vegan. So I was always interested um, in more natural um, products and not using leather and stuff like that. Because I I've never felt, I never really got it about leather to be honest. So it's just like I know there was the whole, oh, this is best quality and people, you know, do that sniff test and say, oh, yeah, this smells like leather and stuff. But I was like, actually, it doesn't smell that great. <laughs> and it's not all that great, but like, um, in interior settings. But having a leather couch is really awful in the summer. It's horrible. Yeah. And yes, you can um, clean it up easily when you've got kids and stuff like that, but um like with because my my mom she I mean she has leather couches now she's not vegan um when I was growing up it was just like well it's okay to have a bit of elbow grease and just take care of the stuff um rather than have an easy clean kind of fabric so I've always seen things in a bit of a different light anyway and so it's just like um for me I don't need to keep in like highlighting um don't use this product, don't use that product, because I'm just showing by example there's alternatives anyway. You don't have to follow the crowd and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, if I'm talking like on a live stream like this, yeah, I'm vegan. I'm happy and proud. I'll, I'll shout it. But I'm just not one of those angry vegans that kind of get it riled up by you know, other people not having the same values. And I'm not yeah. also not um, a kind of um, vegan who say the whole world needs to turn vegan. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I'm, fine. I'm fine with that it's not I'm not trying to convert anybody and I don't try to convert my clients it's always about them and about their journey but I'm going to show them alternatives yeah yeah without having to mention it because I'm just showing you the best and I'm guessing I suppose if you're not using the word vegan like all over the place like my partner Tracy is a clinical hypnotherapist and naturopath and there's nothing on her website apart from one tiny little line that this is a you know cruelty-free clinic and you know kind of thing but that's it and and she actually gets like you know sheep farmers cattle farmers come to see her um who probably otherwise wouldn't if you've got the word vegan plus so there is 
I know there's pluses and, and minuses. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming you obviously get a lot of uh, non-vegan or pre-vegans, as I like to call them, um, clients come to you. And then it's not, and then you, as you say, you're able to show them um, the alternatives, which I, I love. And I know Ginger Burr, who's a lovely um, image consultant, vegan image consultant, a lot of her clients are not vegan. and But again, she's able to show them that you can be stylish and what have you um, with alternative, um, yeah, products. And things. Out eventually, it's like that often me cup of tea or something, which is always a thing. I always, I, even my, in my marketing, I probably mention tea more than I do veganism. Um, it's like, you, yeah. so you mentioned what? I mentioned tea. I'm a big tea person. Oh, tea. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, even my daughter's name's tea. That's how much I love tea. Oh, funny. <laughs> I love but, it. Um, yeah, so, but they all, you, they always ask, oh, do you want milk? And I was like, no, unless you've got um, oat milk or something like that. So it kind of, and I was like, okay, because I'm vegan. And then people kind of have this thing um, automatically. As soon as you say the word vegan, it's just like, they kind of need to justify why they're not. <laughs> so it's quite yeah. Funny. oh yeah, I yeah. actually I'm just waiting for my tea I know. <laughs> they literally do this like oh I've kind of tried it a bit before I'm vegetarian and stuff like that and I was like, okay but it's a nice way to introduce the, t- the topic because you know because I've said that I'm I'm vegan it's like this is what I'm going to do for you so there are certain things like I'm not going to particularly push and they'll be like okay, why is that? So we were able to gently go into a conversation and I'm that kind of person, just like to nice. slowly. And it's like, I haven't done this because actually there's really bad benefits um, for the, for the um, well, not bad benefits. Um, no, but- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, like for the world, for animals, for yourself, for your home, for the future. So let's look at something else. Nice. That's really great. That's really good because, like you say, you're able to get in front of people who probably otherwise wouldn't if someone went in leading with with the fact that, right, I'm vegan and this is what we're going to do. You know, you're able to gently educate people. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. But I notice you are um, vegandesign.org certified. Just tell us briefly what that is and why it's important. Yes. So um, I kind of noticed about veganism kind of rising in 2017 and I was coming towards the end of my design studies and as I said I kind of looked at the design world and wasn't happy that everything was about oh this is pretty you know you need to beautify your space you know that's not kind of my thing but then I kind of googled is vegan interior design a thing I was like well surely like it's in the food industry it's in the fashion industry it must be a thing I sat I found two websites and uh, I was like, okay, it's a possibility, but I kind of put it back to my mind. But I, I'm also an avid podcast listener. So um, I was listening to a podcast and this lady called Deborah DeMore was like, she said, I'm putting together a course about vegan design and teaching, you know, you know the, the awful things that happen. And because um, I'm not one of those vegans who's ever watched any of all, all those films either. I've, I've never kind of played into that but I wanted to do this course and after I'd seen the horrors I was like this spoke to me because it gave meaning into what I was you know about to go into interior design um and it just yeah it just it felt right 
you know, it kind of it justifies me being in a world which is talking about a lot of being pretty, but it gave a, a deeper meaning. I'm I'm forever find deep deeper meaning for things. So it just yeah, it just for me it it was a right fit. And so from the get go, my business was always about being material design, but I wasn't vegan myself, so I actually had to um, convert to my whole lifestyle. Oh, interesting. Oh, I love that. So you did the course and were curious about vegan design, then became vegan. Yeah. Nice. Because of my daughter, who actually eats meat now, she dared me to do um, veganism for a month. And I loved it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well done to your daughter. (laughs) She didn't herself, but she did her mum. Oh, fantastic. Wow. So fascinating hearing people's uh, journeys. And how amazing. Wonderful. I love that. And so having the vegandesign.org certification, I guess that can now help because although obviously a lot of your clients are are not vegan, um, but it also opens you up to uh, clients who are vegan that can go, ah, yes, this is a vegan interior designer because it seems to be an area that's certainly picking up now. I know you and I both spoke at the vegan and recent vegan interior design week um, that Aileen um, organized. So it's obviously an area that that's picking up. So hopefully you'll also get some client who are people who are actively looking for vegan interior designers as well. So you get the best of both worlds. I think because, um, you know, fashion kind of leads and then interior design kind of follows. And that's, you know, that's where we're kind of at at the moment. Um, But it's, it's like, it's not just about being animal friendly. It's also caring about, you know, our place in the animal kingdom because we are we are part of that and we are responsible for the, these um, these intelligent beings which we we don't take care of enough. But we're also not taking care of ourselves, yeah. and we've only got this one planet, so it kind of all ties off, in, you know, all together. It's like that's where my my um, business um, motto, I guess, is people, place, and planet because. You know, your home, as in your body, is something that we need to take care of. of. Um, your home is housing your body. We need to take care of that. And it's sitting on this one earth, which incorporates everybody's home. We kind of all need to take care of. And, you know, so and veganism fits so well into that because it, it, it shows you a caring side, which the whole world needs. You know, caring for animals. And you know, as a, as a child, I've had pets before, or that I'm not a big pet person. Um, I've had um, budgies when I was younger and stuff. But that teaches children how to care. You know, looking yeah. at something and it's like, you see plants here. I'm not that great at keeping plants actually. <laughs> but I probably work harder to keep animals and kids alive. You know what I mean? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> But that's kind of really what we need to do overall. It's like if you care enough for yourself, you're going to then care enough for your home and then you kind of care enough for you know everything else, including animals. So nice. it all works in our favour because we need each other. I love that. Now, I know you mentioned that, you know, you're not keen on obviously some aspects of interior design can be a bit frivolous, but I think they can also be similar with food and even fashion up until recently is that, oh, if it's vegan or it's, you know, eco, it can be a bit bland and what have you. So can you just dispel the, dispel the myth? So if I want a feature wall that's like, you know, psychedelic or, you know, glitter, eco glitter, of course, like mm-hmm. one can have that. So you can still work with people because some people will have, you know, 
different aesthetics you know like you know some people might like something classic and nice looking and calm looking and others might want something sparkling and you know fabulous and and I guess you can still do that within the vegan and eco and health aesthetic is that right back oh, yeah. me up here as you can see my background I'm not sure of color so, <laughs> it's funny because I know you love glitter one question I always ask my clients is do you like glitter do you? Oh, I love that. Because I don't like glitter. Oh, how funny. Oh, no. We can never be friends again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it is a question I ask because it kind of gauges where people are at. Um, this is like if you're if you're if you're into glitter, you're probably not going to be my client because I'm not going to. Oh, give you okay, really interesting. <laughs> okay, that's good to know though that you're able to filter people out. So you do have a particular aesthetic and there's probably interior designers who love it and would be amazing for that so that's fair enough that's fair enough and but you know there is this thing about if you're being sustainable there's this whole sense of calmness but um calmness is different things to different people like if you put me in a white room I will be really anxious because I don't like clinical spaces right if you put me in a colorful environment space I'm really great so you know calm means different things to different people so you kind of need someone who is a bit more daring um in expressing yourself and, and stuff like that and then there's other designers who are just like, yeah, I'm going to create this calm, tranquil space with, you know, minimalist kind of spaces and, it, you know, voids of colour and stuff like that. And then you need someone like me who's like, yeah, we're going to jazz it up but still calm it down. <laughs> I like that. And I love that, that that that's a good lesson. I think a good business lesson is that you don't have to please everyone and you're not going to appeal to everyone and that you will attract clients that are right for you and you'll be right for them. Um, and, and that I think is really important because sometimes I think particularly when people are starting out, they're kind of, like, oh, I've got to, you know, serve everybody and, and perhaps go against maybe what's, you know, natural to you um, in order to do that, whereas you don't have to. And the, perhaps the more you niche and become known for a particular way of doing your business, in your case, interior design, that can actually really you know, help your business be more successful because you'll get the clients you want, the testimonials you want, and you can become an authority and known in that particular niche within the business. And again, in your case, interior design. So I love that you've shared that. So, well, just any, uh, what would you say, to, just to round up, um, Jex, first of all, what are your predictions for the future of the industry and any particular trends that you're seeing or materials in the interior design world? Um, trends uh, I don't do them so I don't know I really don't pay attention to those fair enough Um, partly because um yeah I'm not I'm not in that consumer kind of mind mindset where you always thinking about buy this buy that and stuff like that and I think that's how trends kind of shown Mm -hmm. even though there isn't there is an advantage like saying veganism being a trend um sustainability being a trend because it's got a bigger you know bigger cause to it so, you know, I do kind of see things like that. And I hope that the design industry kind of catches up where food and fashion is going. I think we could speed up a little bit, you know what I mean, <laughs> to, to hurry that along. But at the same time, um, there's a, there's so much to learn. I'm happy for it to kind of take a bit of time so designers can kind of catch up with their knowledge. I'm, I'm very much into education and doing things like, with, you know, proper purpose, 
and proper, um, you know, look out in, into the future rather than just kind of jumping on bandwagon and do it, figure it out along the way. Um, fair enough. No, that's yeah, fair so enough. Think, you know, let's have the, the design industry kind of learn about sustainability, veganism included, um, you know, with a proper purpose to actually know that we're going to affect longer term change. Because we have to change, you know what I mean? You know, say we've only got this one planet, um, so we've, we've kind of got to get there. But I'm happy for everyone to learn how we're going to get there and be part of that. So I became um, a found, one of the founders of Interior Design Declares, which is talking about climate change and biodiversity. Um, because that's something I really, really um, want the industry to be part of. You know, I'm really proud to be part of the design industry. And I want it to kind of tail off this kind of that TV persona that we've got at the moment. It's like, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever watched any of the design shows, but the, the one person they always mm. take the mick out of is the interior designer. Oh, they're crazy. They're, there's mm. the designs and mads, you know, always painters the mad hatter. And we're not, you know, we have creative ideas, sure. Um, but... We, we do bring as much to the, the table as architects who are respected. So I feel that, you know, for me and the business in itself needs to kind of paint interior design in a really positive and a bit of a serious light as well, as much as I'm quite, you know, jokey. Um, you know, it does have a really important message to give and we've got something positive to give um, to the future because if yeah. it, if anything, we're always going to need indoor spaces, especially in England because it's cold. Yes, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. So just to wrap up, Jex, and this kind of ties in with, I was going to ask you, you know, what do you see the future of your business? I noticed you already mentioned that you taught a course and you're passionate about education. Do you see that as an extra kind of arm to your business? Um, you know, because everybody talks about diverse income streams. So um, just finally to wrap up, how what's your plan or your vision as much as one can have one in the you know, madness of the world at the moment um, for yourself and persona abode. Okay, so by accident, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, if you see that piece there, that is one of my artworks. I'm building an art collection. Um, so I've always done art, as I said, um, and I started showing those on social media as well. And then was like, how come you aren't selling these? I surprised my husband. He'd never, he's never actually seen me um, doing it art. It's like wow. these so yeah uh, I started um the start of this year I was doing an art piece a day an hour of artwork just randomly um and it's built up into a whole collection and so I'm going to debut that next year oh so, congratulations how exciting <laughs> I love um, it and you know it's vegan paper it's vegan you know totally you know um in line with everything what Persona Abode is. But I do want to build um, the company to have um, a lot of artists and designers, scientists. It's kind of, I want to build Persona Abode to be kind of a research hub, um, not just um, another design company who, who gives you an end result. I want to take clients on a whole journey um, with their whole lifestyles, you know, to make that positive shift. Because I think that, there's, there's so many cogs to a person anyway. Um, bringing in one professional and then hiring another professional and stuff like that, it's kind of wasted everyone's time. <laughs> so why not just do it all together and, you know, have this big effect um, on, on clients? 
that's what I'm I love that you're actually building a brand you're not just business, building an interior design business you're building like a creative wellness in design kind of brand like a whole brand how exciting <laughs> that's amazing I love it I love it thank you so much for sharing all this um Jex it's been so interesting getting an insight and I think it's been really helpful for people who are thinking of you know, starting their own business, uh, just to see the possibilities and the different ways to do it. Like we talked about how, you know, you keep your job initially, you might want to keep your job initially. Um, and just, you know, thinking, yeah, beyond just starting a business, but how you can actually build into a brand that brings in all aspects of you. And I love how you've done that and that your personal brand and ethics, etc., um, have really, um, yeah, are really going in towards building Persona Abode as a brand and definitely one to watch. So it's been so fabulous speaking with you. Now, if people, if you want to check out uh, Jex's website, you can find that at personaaboadinteriors.com. Did I get that right, Jex? Yes, I think right. I did. Awesome. If you're watching the video... <laughs> If you're watching the video, you can see that link scrolling along the bottom of your screen. And if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, you can find that link on the show notes page. And do check out Jex on the social media where you can see her artwork, her um, everything else that she shares. And it's been wonderful speaking with you, Jex. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been nice as well. Um, it's always nice to kind of talk about, you know, your business and stuff because it is like a baby. And, um, I, you know, there's only so much you can talk about kids when they're adults. So <laughs> my business is taken over in that way. But um, it also kind of um, um, solidifies everything you think that you want for your business. It, you know, the questions you've given me and stuff like that is like, yeah, this is the path that I, I want to go on because it's something from my heart. But sometimes I'm so excited for you. I can really see how this can grow. Uh, you're such a creative person and you've got those solid ethics and aesthetic and the whole wellness. I mean, oh, I can just see so much, you know, possibility for you. And I'm really excited to watch you grow. So thank you so much for sharing. I've got so many thoughts on my head and stuff like that. And it's just like sometimes you kind of forget Um but this, you know, it's set in stone and it kind of keeps me accountable and, and gets me excited about my business again. So thank you. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.